Hello, my name is Drea Olmsted, and I am an OBGYN in Tualatin, Oregon. Thank you so much for taking the time to hear about intimacy in marriage. A few years ago on our anniversary, we were trying to get our teenager to leave the house for a few minutes. How many of you have ever tried to make love with teenagers at home? It's more difficult than toddlers. We had just been to dinner when I enticed my 16-year-old daughter with her fresh new driver's license to go to Target so John and I could have a little alone time. After she left, I went upstairs to our TV room where John was settling in, and I took off my dress in the doorway and said, follow me if you want to have some fun. And I started running to our room, but clipped my little toe on the corner stair newel and knew it was bad. I hopped to the bed and curled into a fetal position and screamed, there will be no sex tonight. Indeed, the fracture was confirmed and the story will go down in history. Yes, even our kids know. To be honest with you, I am not as sexual as this story suggests. Before we dive in, I want to acknowledge that there are people listening who have experienced sexual trauma women who have had severe pain with sex, and people in abusive relationships. We are not equipped to address these critical issues in any detail, and I encourage you to seek professional counseling. I also hope and pray that my comments are not in any way offensive. What do women need in a marriage relationship? We need affirmation and compliments. We need connection in the form of emotional, intimate foreplay and honest, open communication. We need non-sexual touch, hugs and hand-holding, and usually not a squeeze on our behind. It is a rare woman that actually enjoys being grabbed in the butt or breasts, especially in public. Many of you are familiar with the author Jen Hatmaker, and I love this quote. What's for dinner, you ask? Well, I guess I'll just nurse this baby and change all these diapers and wrestle this house from the grip of entropy and play Legos for the 10 millionth time and also cook a nourishing meal for everyone. Hey, honey, after dinner cleanup in the bath and bedtime marathon, let's have meaningful sex. Please grope me more than usual because I haven't been felt up enough today. The fourth thing we need is spiritual intimacy. Praying and sharing devotions together, going to church together and serving together. We need romance, love and action. We need commitment to family. And the seventh thing we need is help. True story. This couple went to see the gynecologist because there was no libido happening. After explaining the situation to the doctor, the husband said, I'll do anything to make it better. The doctor looked at him and grinned and said, Anything? The guy said, Yes. And the doctor said, Okay then, vacuum. So what do men need in a marriage relationship? They need mutual satisfaction. They need to know that they are pleasing their wife in bed. They need sexual connection. Some cannot open up until after they've had sex, which can be tricky because women need emotional intimacy to have sex. 
Men need sex to have emotional intimacy. I'll say that again. Women need emotional intimacy to have sex, and men need sex to have emotional intimacy. Men also need responsiveness. They need to hear yes from us almost always. If the answer is no, then it should be followed by a yes, like not tonight, but how about tomorrow morning or evening? We also need to understand that for many men, when we say no, they feel like we're saying no to all of them, not just their penis. Men need affirmation and respect. Ephesians 5.33 says, However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. One of the worst things we can do is criticize our husband, especially in front of others. Men need initiation by the wife. Most men think about sex all the time, and most women rarely do, so we need to be intentional. A few suggestions to get you thinking include wearing something sexy under your regular clothes and planning for sex. Consider putting the letters T-S on your schedule for Think Sex. A few months after I gave this talk last time, I was working and saw one of my partner's pregnant patients. When I walked in, she pointed to her pregnant belly and exclaimed, This is a T.S. baby! We need to see sex as something we give, not something we get. In marriage, it's never his problem or her problem. It's not 90-10. It's our problem together. The best communication of your life begins when your desire to understand your mate is greater than your desire to be understood. The best communication of your life begins when your desire to understand your mate is greater than your desire to be understood. Kevin Lehman in his book, Under the Sheets, writes, Do you know how much your sex life affects your children? You can fool adults, but you can't fool kids. They have a built-in radar. They know when things are not well between mommy and daddy. They sense the disconnect. They see the anger on mom's face when dad comes up from behind to give her a hug and she snarls, Not now, I'm busy. They will sense dad's coldness toward mom. I want to urge you not to wait until you feel like it, because it may never happen if that's your only criteria. Most women need at least 30 minutes to get in the mood, if not all day, and many pieces need to fall into place. Let's start with a great suggestion from my friend Jen Elmquist, who just published Relationship Reset. In the book, she talks about the epic kiss. How long do you think epic kisses last in the movies Spider-Man, Casablanca, and the Titanic? Each of those kisses lasts for at least six seconds. There is actually truth to the fact that if you kiss for six seconds or longer, you create a more intimate connection. Give it a try, at least once a day for the next 30 days, and see what happens. 
What do women need to enjoy sex? We need to feel loved and prized and valued. We need to be listened to and respected. We need a romantic atmosphere, including a nice smelling husband. We need privacy. Put a lock on your door. Put a lock on your door. <laughs> and we need to be understood and cuddled. What do men need to enjoy sex? They need to feel needed and they need a place. Anywhere will do. It's a pretty short list. Some of the most important, <coughs> important asset, assets we can focus on are a positive attitude about life and guarding our heart from bitterness. Kevin Lehman writes, here's what you have to understand about that man of yours. He wants to be your hero. He wants to please you. And if you give him just the tiniest bit of encouragement, he'll go to the ends of the earth for you. Focus on the things he does right. Often when I'm frustrated with John, I hear God gently whisper, just love him. When, con when couples continually focus on their problems, the relationship suffers. However, when they shift their focus to the positive aspects of their relationship, the overall mood in the relationship rises. Jen Elmquist in her book says, the brain is like a sticky note with negative thoughts and stores them as future reminders of what we should avoid. This means that if you don't intentionally manage your thinking, when you're feeling negative about your spouse, your brain will eventually be full of grooved tracks, moving along more of the negative experiences in your relationship instead of the positive. Working with the negative feelings and thoughts right away, rather than letting them accumulate and becoming passive-aggressive, is not only a good brain workout, but also essential if we want to remain happy together. The catch is that you are the only one who can switch your train of thought. Another huge barrier to a healthy sex life is fatigue. Fatigue is the number one enemy of sex. The smart husband knows that exhaustion is the number one enemy of his wife's libido and he can dramatically affect it by intentionally giving her time to herself, taking the kids and helping out. In the same way, we need to set aside time for him. Like exercise, it might not just happen unless it's planned. Don't give your husband your leftovers. Be sure to have enough margin and boundaries in your days and weeks that you aren't exasperated at the end of the day. I get caught in the trap of overcommitting to good things but having nothing left for my husband and sometimes kids. We need to remember our first ministry needs to be to our husband and family. A lot of my patients ask about sexual frequency, and there is no set equation. Sexual frequency is age-dependent and varies between couples from often to infrequent. It's important to keep an open and frequent dialogue about intimacy and sex going with your husband. Mutual needs should be addressed, both physical and emotional. Underlying issues need to be addressed together. The key is this. If both of you aren't feeling prized and loved after sex, it's not good, healthy sex.
Unfortunately, there isn't a quick fix like a pill or hormones that usually makes much of a difference for libido or sex drive. The pill some of you may have heard of, Addy, is approved for hypoactive sexual desire. It's taken every night and cannot be combined with alcohol and isn't approved for postmenopausal women. It has mixed reviews. There's another similar medication pending approval by the FDA, so stay tuned. Testosterone has been used in many forms for years, and the issue is, in order to make a difference, there are usually undesirable side effects like acne and unwanted hair growth. 90% of the time, decreased libido has to do with emotional and environmental issues. Stress reduces sexual interest in 80 to 90% of people and reduces sexual pleasure in everyone. Many medical problems, such, such as multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's, thyroid issues, chronic pain, hypertension and depression, and the medications used for those things, and cancer can affect libido. Of course, alcohol and drug abuse are common and frequently undiagnosed players in the libido equation. Other big barriers include emotional or physical abuse in the relationship, personal history of sexual trauma, infidelity, untreated mental health disorders, and pornography sexual addiction. In these circumstances, a commitment to professional counseling is critical. Pornography is an enormous issue for both men and women. It's anonymous, accessible, and addictive. In our culture, and especially our city known as Pornland, it's also accepted. Don't fall for the common myths like, I only do it occasionally, it won't affect my marriage, and I have it under control. So let's talk about it some more. Let's talk about masturbation. 94% of men admit they masturbate, and probably the other 6% are lying. Lots of women masturbate. The issue is the thought process. Are the thoughts about your spouse? What are you picturing? What are you masturbating to? How often do you masturbate? What's your frequency? Do you plan it, look forward to it, addicted to it? Are you too tired to make love to your spouse? Is masturbation affecting your relationship negatively? Instead, let's get creative with intimacy. Just like we enjoy a variety of food in a variety of places, the same is true with sex. Keep it spicy by varying position, place, and time. Anticipation is sometimes better than participation. Consider sending a flirtatious text or tuck a note into your husband's pocket that says, Great news, the kids are gone tonight and I have some hors d'oeuvres that I plan on wearing for you. One of my friends texted her husband one night and said, and she was at a house all by herself, and she said, Honey, I'm making you dinner naked. Come on over. Well, he was super excited about that. So he shows up at the house, and he opens the door, and there are 50 of his closest friends clapping and cheering for him. 
he had on his bathrobe, his orange Converse, and he ran over to his wife and said, now what should I do? And she said, well, just have fun, honey. So he opened up his bathrobe to show his Star Wars boxers, and everybody laughed and cheered, and they had a great 50th birthday party. <laughs> you can also try these other, other suggestions. Pursue your husband. Dress or undress slowly. Make noises. Change positions. Change locations. Burn the sweats. Take a shower. Be unpredictable. Speaking of time, does anyone know what time of day testosterone is at its highest? The morning is an especially good time for older couples. I include myself in that category. But it might be difficult for those of you with toddlers. Morning sex can also encourage noon, afternoon, and before dinner, or appetizer sex. A lot of women feel they are broken because they struggle with low desire, low arousal, absent or delayed orgasm, or sexual pain, and they are not broken. You are not broken. Many women are taught that spontaneous sexual desire and orgasm with penetration are automatic. But that's not true. In fact, it's the opposite. Let's dive into the nitty-gritty and talk about anatomy. God gave women a clitoris for only one reason. Sexual pleasure. Did you know the clitoris is anatomically homologous to the penis? Orgasm for the majority of women is not vaginal and not at the same time as their husband. To say that women should have orgasms from vaginal penetration is anatomically equivalent to saying that men should have orgasms from prostate or perineal stimulation. Most women, more than 70%, need clitoral stimulation from his fingers, penis, or her fingers to achieve orgasm. Most women like indirect stimulation, followed by direct stimulation. For many women, stimulation around the clitoris is more pleasant than on the actual clitoris. There is also no natural lubrication around the clitoris, so use saliva or other lubricants such as KY, Astroglide, or vitamin E oil. If you have never had an orgasm, then you should talk to your doctor. The majority of women will orgasm with clitoral stimulation within 20 minutes. That being said, it is important that the husband understands that his wife may not feel like having an orgasm every time they make love, and that is normal. We need to replace the goal of orgasm with the goal of pleasure. Other pleasure spots include places just inside the vagina, the nipples, the earlobes, neck, and inner thighs. Try putting a pillow under your hips in missionary position and he will hit the upper inner spot just inside the vagina. If you have occasional pain, which is common during ovulation, any position where your legs are together will let you control the depth of penetration. There are also variations to traditional intercourse like in between the breasts, thighs, or oral sex, if both agree. Anal sex is not recommended. It's not natural or healthy. The penis is designed to enter the vagina, not the rectum. 
There is a big possibility of physical damage and infection, not to mention the psychological implications afterwards. It's a respect issue. Why do you think the clitoris is located in the vaginal area and not the rectum? It's important to focus our thoughts during sex. Practice mindfulness in the moment and the pleasurable feelings you're experiencing in different parts of your body. Picture something you love to do that gives you a rush, like skiing fast, running on the beach, playing in a tropical surf, making love privately outside somewhere warm. And not the grocery list, the to-do list, or the worry list. There are many reasons for painful intercourse. A condition called vestibulitis is when intercourse hurts at entry, right on the outside of the vagina. Creams and surgery can be very helpful for that pain. There is another issue called vaginismus, and it's when the vaginal muscle spasms, usually in response to a prior pain episode. The feeling is like don't go any further. This also can be helped with pelvic physical therapy and other motives. Endometriosis can cause pain with sex. It officially is only diagnosed with surgery, but can be treated with medicine if mild and surgery if severe. Sometimes women have fibroids or something called adenomyosis that makes their uterus large and causes pressure and can cause some discomfort with sex. This is diagnosed by ultrasound. Some women who are postpartum or postmenopausal have thin lining of the vagina. We call that atrophic vagina. Usually lubrication, water or oil-based can help with that or sometimes vaginal estrogen. Another very important reason that women have pain with sex is if they've had a history of sexual trauma, which is one of the most violent crimes a person can survive. Sex in pregnancy is tricky. The blood flow is 50% increased in pregnancy. So if you aren't too busy throwing up or falling asleep in the first trimester and you aren't too uncomfortable in the third trimester, then sex can actually be great. It's common to have a contraction or two at the same time or following an orgasm, which sometimes isn't so great. There are very few reasons pregnant women are told by their doctors to avoid sex. The most common are threatened preterm labor and placenta previa. Postpartum sex is also tricky because God did not create us to procreate just after we have a baby. With nursing, our estrogen levels plummet to allow the breast milk to come in. So we have almost menopausal symptoms of hot flashes, night sweats, and vaginal dryness. Women who have had stitches after birth can have some pain as well. Usually the treatment is time, patience, and lots of lubricant, but some women do benefit from a small amount of vaginal estrogen. It's also a good time to practice your Kegel exercises during intercourse to rebuild the muscles after delivery 
your husband will tell you if you're doing it right and think it's quite fun. <laughs> it's normal to feel weak, more open, and thin-skinned the first few months after delivery, and if this doesn't resolve, pelvic physical therapy can be helpful, but I wouldn't recommend it until after nursing is done. Most couples can resume intercourse six to eight weeks after delivery, but don't wait to feel like it because it might be months. Some women do struggle with postpartum depression, and medication is extremely helpful. Although the medication may make it more difficult to orgasm initially, which is a side effect, the benefit to the depression has a greater positive impact. Most negative side effects from the medication resolve within a few months. For those of you closer to or in menopause, estrogen cream is also helpful, vaginal estrogen cream. Systemic hormone replacement therapy in the form of a pill or a patch can also be helpful for some women, but it isn't the right thing for all. It's also normal to have less desire the older we get because testosterone levels at age 50 are half the amount of the, those at age 20. Remember to take care of your body, exercise, sleep, eat healthy, pray. If you don't take care of your body, how can you feel like you want to share your body with your spouse? Remember to keep the main thing, the main thing, God first. When you make every effort to seek your fulfillment from God, you'll find yourself not just lavished in God's love, but also better able to lavish your spouse with love. If you keep communication and commitment to each other as a high priority, and if you honor and respect each other, you will have love for a lifetime. And somewhere along the way, you'll find yourselves looking at each other saying, you know what? What a privilege this is to share life's joys and heartbreaks with you, the person I know and love and understand more than anyone in the world. Thank you for listening. Would you consider a couple of questions I have to offer? The first is, would you be willing to try a daily epic kiss? Would you be willing to try a daily epic kiss? The second question is, how could you be more mindful and change your thoughts during sex? What would you think about? How could you be more mindful and change your thoughts during sex? What would you think about? Thank you so much for listening. 